It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Bucks, Locked On Panthers podcast. Both shows part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers, and we're both free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And, of course, we thank you, as we always do every day, for making us first listener, first view of the day. I'm David Harrison. He is Julian Council. I host Locked On Bucks. He hosts Locked On Panthers, which makes sense because that's why we're here. When we're not doing that, you can find us on Twitter, at Julian Council for Julian and at D Harrison 82 for myself. It'd be weird if it was the other way around. Crossover Thursday is presented to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun and it's easy to play. No competing with other players. It's just you versus the projections. Pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you could win up to 10 times your money on any entry. First time users, you get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com or the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code locked on Julian. Obviously, the David. biggest story entering this game is the fact that uh, the NFC South is completely up for grabs at this point in time. Um, and the Carolina Panthers, who have fired their head coach, tr- benched their starting quarterback, traded for a new starting quarterback, benched that starting quarterback, benched another starting, I think, starting quarterback. I can't remember how many times they've benched their starting quarterback. Could be playing playoff football this year. Uh, amazing. Let's traded Christian McCaffrey. Um, yes. could be playing playoff football. It's amazing what's happening in the NFC South. So that's obviously the biggest story, but what's the biggest story around the Panthers specifically? Yeah, David, I guess we can have go the way all the way back to the off season. They tried and failed for Deshaun Watson. Russell Wilson didn't want to come here. They decided not to take a rookie quarterback in the first round uh, no. trade talks with Baker Mayfield fall apart. Night two of the draft. They decide, Oh no, what do we do? Let's trade up for Matt Corral. Then they say that Matt Corral is not here to compete for the job. They want to take it slow, which means eventually they got to add a quarterback. There was the deadline of mandatory minicamp to bring in Baker Mayfield. That passes. Then they decide, on my vacation, July 6th, you know what? Let's bring in Baker, who then has to go through a sham quarterback competition with with him and Sam Darnold. P.J. Walker was also there. Matt Corral was there. P.J. was supposed to be the odd man out, but then Matt Corral gets hurt week two of the preseason at Indianapolis. Oh, sorry, at, at New England. And Sam Darnold gets hurt week three of the preseason against Buffalo. It's Baker and PJ. Baker stinks. PJ plays after Matt Rule got fired. Uh, Christian gets traded. Robbie gets traded. Multiple coaches get fired. Some of them leave to go follow Matt Rule. Sam Darnold's back. The Panthers have won, have won three of, of their last four. Yeah, it's been a weird season, man. Like, yeah. that's really the biggest storyline. It's been one of the weirdest seasons in Panthers history. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Josh Norman is back here in Carolina. <laughs> For the last two weeks, possibly last three or four, depending on how things play out, because he wants a chance at the dance. And the Panthers lost their best corner in J.C. Horn, at least for this week. There's a possibility that he can play next week. 
Yeah, it's been weird, man. The Panthers, despite laying an egg against Pittsburgh, get a mulligan from the Buccaneers, almost got an even better one in the Bucs' uh, 1916 almost lost an OT against Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. It's been a wild season. It's been a wild week yet again here at Carolina. There's never a slow news day, but certainly the biggest story is the Panthers are still alive. A young team has to go on the road and win back-to-back games. They've only won one road game this year. They've only won back-to-back games one time. And off of that, they lost to a bad Steelers team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, it's I don't even know if you can point to just one story being the biggest storyline for the Carolina right. Panthers. There's a litany of storylines heading into what is – Probably the biggest regular season game, at least in my opinion, since 2014 when they went on the road to beat Atlanta Falcons. And coincidentally, that was a also weird season where the 7-8-1 Panthers went to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it's been a weird, weird year all around, not just, you know, for the Carolina Panthers, obviously for the entire NFC South and for the Buccaneers. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing, like you just kind of said it, and it's funny because on the Buccaneers side, we've kind of been reporting the same thing is that every time the Buccaneers lose a game, it's like, well, at least the Falcons lost, at least the Saints lost, at least the Panthers lost. But honestly, it wasn't even the Panthers. Like for like the last two weeks, all of a sudden, everybody kind of forgot the Panthers existed. And then the last two weeks, like, well, hang on, Carolina's starting to win a little bit. And Tampa Bay, they keep, uh, they would just, they just want to make things interesting, apparently. And, uh, and I'll tell you, you said this is like the biggest regular season game for the Panthers in quite some time. Honestly, for the Bucs, I think this could end up being maybe the most impactful regular season game in a long time for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That might be sound kind of weird for a team that just won the Super Bowl two seasons ago. But sure. really, you know, you go back to Bruce Arians' retirement, Todd Bowles steps up as the head coach, and everybody applauds that decision. The media, the fans, the players are, are celebrating it, and, and everybody wanted to see Todd Bowles get another chance at this thing and just has not gone well uh, since then. And if they lose this game, and subsequently don't make the playoffs. I mean, there is still a shot. They make a wild card run and, and all this other stuff, but a whole lot of things would have to happen uh, for that, starting with the Washington Panthers, starting Carson Wentz's. Oh, they are starting Carson Wentz this weekend. So, um, yeah, but if the Buccaneers miss out on the playoffs after having like record-setting offenses and, and strong defenses for two years under Bruce Arians, I mean, there's a lot of people talking about it could be one and done for Todd Bowles in Tampa wow. and in his second stint as a head coach, and that would be – just an amazing turn of events from from what we expected in the offseason. So obviously not hoping for that, not wishing for that. But speaking of head coaches, I want to know, does Coach Wilkes, like what's the feel around the Panthers? Does Coach Wilkes have a legitimate chance of taking off the interim tag and just becoming the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, a lot of fans have been clamoring for this for the last couple of weeks that it's time. Steve Wilkes is the guy. Now I've had to remind them that y'all, um, there are rules, the Rooney rule. Yeah. Uh, means that David Tepper, the owner here in Carolina, has to talk to two external minority candidates. People are like, well, Steve Wilkes is already black. It's like, okay, I understand. But just because he's black does not mean that David Tepper should not still have to talk to other minority candidates like D'Amico Ryans, who has done a great job with that defense out in San Francisco. He's a young guy who had success in this league, like Leslie Frazier, who might get a second chance around. Also, I believe that David Tepper should cast as wide of a net as possible. Now, what Steve Wilkes can do is win the division. And then potentially win a home playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys, who since the turn of the century, the Panthers have more playoff wins than the Cowboys. So I don't care how good Dallas is. When they get to January, they lose. That's what they do. That's the Dallas Cowboys that we know of. But yet they are shoved down our throats year in and year out. And I'm sick of it because the Cowboys don't do anything to really deserve that attention other than, I guess, draw a bunch of eyeballs. But as far as on the field, they don't. But yeah, I think Steve Wilkes can absolutely get this job. Considering that... This team was one and four, had absolutely no identity. He came and talked about, you know what? I got 13 weeks. I'm not worried about whether I get this job or not. I got 13 weeks to do it my way. And really 13 weeks to show the rest of the NFL, not just David Tepper, 
that he deserves to be a head coach. And whether he gets a job here or not, I think Steve Wilkes should be a head coach somewhere in the National Football League, considering that he's had to go from Baker to PJ to Sam. He's been able to win games with PJ Walker yeah. and Sam Darnold, that he's been able to find an identity. Matt Rule could not figure it out in 38 games. Steve Wilkes, hell, he figured out an identity in three weeks, running mm. the football, winning up front, playing fast physical defense, keep pounding. That's the brand here in Carolina, not the way the Panther and all that college crap that Matt Rule is trying to bring here. He's a leader of men. Shaq Thompson, one of the Panthers captains, that linebacker talked about, like, we're going to battle our tails off for this guy. Every mm-hmm. single one of those guys in that locker room loves him, loves his straight-to-the-point uh, straight attitude. They respect him, that he treats them like like an actual adults and doesn't try to talk down to him and tell him, like, hey, my system's going to work. He absolutely deserves a shot here. He's got to win a division because if he does that, 7-5, and five, I have no idea, as, as far as being the interim head coach here in Carolina, I have no idea how David Tepper wouldn't do that. And I brought this up to my yeah. listeners yesterday. Um, with the soccer team here, David Tepper also got that first managerial hire wrong as well, but then ended up sticking with the interim head coach. It's a little yeah. bit different because they're a new club and they want to be able to establish an identity as a, as a young uh, organization. But you've already seen him do that with the interim, who didn't even get that team to the playoffs. I would say Steve Wilkes has done more with the Panthers than Christian Latanzio, the now full-time manager for the Charlotte FC, did with Charlotte FC this past season. So we've already seen David Tepper decide, hey, you know what? The interim guy has done a pretty damn job. Good job. Let me keep him around. So I think he deserves a shot, but if not here, he should be a coach somewhere in the NFL next season. Absolutely. Look, David Tepper's a successful businessman. That's how he got into the NFL. That's why he's an owner of a National Football League franchise. And so he's got to know sometimes being lucky is better than being smart. And uh, when you luck into a good deal, you don't, you don't, you know, look it in the face and, and just get rid of it. So yeah, hope, hope to see Coach Wilkes get an opportunity, if not in Carolina, like you said, somewhere else, certainly, but doing a great job. Uh, with what he's been handed, which is not very much, to be quite honest with you. For the Buccaneers, they've been handed a lot. I mean, the GOAT, yeah. you know, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette. What they haven't been handed is an offensive line. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But outside of that, we're looking to see if the Buccaneers can finally put together a complete game. Um, if I told you Tom Brady put up 290 yards, no interceptions, was only sacked once, you would probably think the Buccaneers win that game. But that's exactly the stat line he put up when the, when the Carolina Panthers whooped the Buccaneers 21 to 3 in week seven. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are two and seven against teams concurrently competing for playoff spots, including that loss to the Carolina Panthers. The matchups that are going to get the Buccaneers a win or get the Carolina Panthers a win coming up next. But first, this episode, this crossover episode of Locked On Bucks and Panthers is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find an episode from the league available as a bonus episode on the Locked On NFL podcast stream. Narrated by, narrated by Super Bowl champion, legendary smack talker, and very, very happy Christmas gift receiver. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it, Twitter search it. Richard Sherman and sports broadcaster, rising star, Taylor Rooks. The league is an eight-part docuseries about the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories connected to America's favorite sport, pro football. Each story offers equal parts history, entertainment, and social commentary. So head over to Locked On NFL for a bonus episode of The League or catch the full series whenever, wherever you get your podcast available now. Audible, get in the game. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Julian Council, Locked On Panthers, David Harrison, Locked On Bucks, continuing this crossover Thursday episode. We appreciate all of you for making this first listen your first view every single day, joining us for this conversation. Make sure you also check out all the conversations happening at Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Julian, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers obviously want to win this game to clinch the NFC South. Put all that regular season drama, hopefully behind them, look forward to the future. Maybe Ryan Jensen's going to come back. He started practicing this week, uh, will not play against Carolina. And if they win, I don't expect the Buccaneers to play anybody that they don't have to next weekend uh, against yeah. the Atlanta Falcons. But Buccaneers fans want to see one guy not playing next week, and it's because the Buccaneers not only have a playoff spot, but it's also because he's set or extended his own record. That's why I see Mike Evans, who needs 83 more yards to have his ninth 1,000-yard receiving season to start his career. No other receiver has done it eight times because he already holds that record, broke Randy Moss's record. They want to see him extend it, and they want to see him do it in this game on top of winning the playoff spot so that they don't have to see any of these guys play next weekend. Um, the good news there is he's done it seven times in 16 games, 83 yards or more, seven times in 16 career games against Carolina Panthers. 96 yards so again go back to tom brady's stat line if i tell you that mike evans put up 96 yards against the carolina panthers you'd say oh what a good bucks win that was no it was a 21 to 3 loss in part because of a drop that was a 62 yard that was like the touchdown. first play of the game too yeah yeah, yeah it should so, have been way uh, more than that i mean the record could already be in hand if you if you think about it if he makes that Very catch true. he might already have the record extended so that's going to be a matchup to watch for multiple reasons obviously because of the record for bucks fans personally but also because of what he, the challenge that he presents to the Panthers, defense, especially like you mentioned with a banged up secondary and the fact that if you get Mike Evans going, uh, then you probably win this game. And, and again, that's, it's a rare mistake by Mike, but James Yarko and I have locked on bucks. We have called already Julian first play ah. the same exact play. We want the same exact play on play one. Steve Wilkes might see it coming. They might actually plan for that, but I don't care. I want to see that exact play run again. And I want to see Mike come down with that ball. Cause, uh, he deserves it. He's a, he's a stand-up dude. I don't want to see him come up down with that ball, I but I, I, I've, I've always enjoyed watching Mike Evans play football, and it is incredible that despite the Buccaneers not having a great offensive attack this year and the injuries yeah. and everything that's gone on with Tom Brady's regression uh, on and off the field, um, that he's still right there, 83 yards away from 1,000 yards receiving. And that's what concerns me going into this week, man, because J.C. Horn being out, broken wrist, I talked all week uh, to my listeners about Trey Hendrickson, who in mm -hmm. Cincinnati, he broke his wrist. He's currently playing. Now, he also missed the game before coming yeah. back. In Cincinnati, they have a lot to play for, so the Carolina Panthers. I think the, the Bengals are trying to play for the top seed in the AFC. The Panthers are trying to stay alive. And also, the Bengals are trying to get back to the Super Bowl, where they were there last year. The Panthers, they want to get that momentum, be able to play in the playoffs with a young football team. And yeah. J.C. Horn is a really good player. He's going to have plenty of time in his career to be in this opportunity again, hopefully. So we got to do its best long-term for his health, but it could not come at a worse time considering that guys like CJ Henderson has been banged up. He was healthy last week. He struggled. Keith Taylor had a terrible outing against the Pittsburgh Steelers where they picked on him, especially in the second half on third down when he was on Deontay Johnson. But Steve Wilkes said that he has confidence in Keith Taylor. 
and in CJ Henderson, who we called out earlier this season saying CJ's got to make more plays. At this point in time, it's been a terrible trade that Scott Fitter made. Give up a third-round pick and Dan Arnold for C.J. Henderson and a fifth-round mm-hmm. pick from Jacksonville after Horn broke his foot last year after week three. It has not lived up to that billing, especially as a top-ten pick. I don't imagine that they would exercise his fifth-year option, but if you can yeah. change their minds, it's going to have to come on Sunday and then next Sunday against the Saints. So that matchup in the secondary, at least at the cornerback position, concerns me. Guys like TJ Carey will get an opportunity. Of course, Josh Norman, I don't know how much to expect. He's currently in the practice squad, but obviously he's going to get elevated. Maybe 10, 12 snaps in the dime package. I don't think Panther fans should really believe that Josh Norman is going to go out there and be the game changer. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just talking Maybe about get a guy. Mike Evans ejected. Yeah, I mean, that <laughs> might be the best play. But I mean, he's a guy who has not gotten a phone call from really any team all season long he's been on the couch you can only expect so much let's hope he doesn't even pull a hammy because that's really probably the most likely thing to happen not wishing an injury on anyone but would just be realistic 35 year old player who did make some plays last year for the 49ers so that that's what concerns me but a positive though i don't really see what all that's changed um since the last time they played and now the panthers are playing against the buccaneers because the bucks don't really have a ton of momentum Carolina's mm. playing a little better, at least from the Bucks' perspective. The Panthers won three or four. They're running the rock when they want to. I don't yep. see anyone on that Tampa Bay front. I mean, Vita Vea has been a little banged up. I just don't see yeah. how the Buccaneers are going to stop this rushing attack and whether they're 18th right now in the league stopping the run. Yeah. For, to me, this Panthers offensive line versus the Bucks defensive line, that should be a win yet again. Yeah, especially without Vita Vea. That's 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 a huge that's a huge loss for that defense, obviously. And that's honestly like reading the social media feeds from Bucks fans. Like Buck, you just tapped into the greatest fear that every Bucks fan has because they're actually terrified of what might happen in the rush defense. And speaking of defense overall, I think you're right. Like there's not a whole lot of differences between the, the these two teams when they first met up. And I kind of throw out those stats earlier to kind of show that you know there were some good things that the Buccaneers did to kind of put themselves in position to maybe be able to win that game. Now, a lot mm-hmm. came down to, I mean, they only had one, the Buccaneers offense only had one three and out possession that entire game. So they were putting yards in the stat box. They were getting some first down. They were converting. They didn't convert great, but they did get a couple of third down conversions. What was happening, though, is they weren't getting the fourth or fifth first down they needed to get into the end zone or to get into consistent field goal range. Uh, and then, obviously, I think it was three fourth down conversions they end up needing to try to get to play catch up. And the reason they're playing catch up is because of the third down defense and the Buccaneers uh, have really been one of the best third down defenses uh, this season. They're on pace to force more third down attempts in, in a 16 game stretch. And I say 16 game stretch because I went all the way back to 2007. So I feel like it's not fair to do a 17 game stretch. So sure. uh, they're on pace to force more third down attempts in a 16 game stretch than any Bucks defense since at least 2007 rather the second most sorry i just misquoted my own numbers guys hold on locks on panthers listeners you don't know me i do some number dumps here are some numbers for you (laughs) the buccaneers are currently forcing opponents to face 14 third downs per game on average currently that gives the buccaneers 210 third downs that their defense has forced this season 224 so they get 14 against the panthers 224 again would be the second most since 2007 why 2007? 2007 was the last time the Buccaneers went to the playoffs until Tom Brady arrived. So that, that number 224 has significance. That's playoff caliber defense when it comes to third down defenses. This season, the Buccaneers are, are con- allowing opponents to convert at a 37.7% conversion rate, sixth best in the National Football League, second best in the same stretch since 2007. It all it all kind of ties together, right? In there the week go. seven loss, the Buccaneers allowed the Panthers to convert 
of their of their third downs, which goes against what I'm saying, right? Because that's actually a better number. But here's some more numbers for you, Julian. They only forced the Panthers to face 12 third downs. That's two fewer than the pace. But two fewer isn't that much, right? That's what Panthers fans are saying. Stop making your excuses. The Buccaneers are 7-2 and two this season when they force opponents to face 14 or more third downs. 7-2. and two. They're 0-5 okay. if opposing offenses don't have to face at least 14 third downs. Now, that could be anecdotal, right? So I flipped the numbers a little bit. Well, maybe it really has to do with how many they're converting. Julian, Panthers fans, Bucks fans, the seven most, the seven highest games, the Buccaneers allowed the most third down conversions. Follow me on that. So like 10, 9, 8, 7, the most yeah. third down conversions they've given. When you break down the top seven, they're 6-1 and one in those seven games. Even though they're giving up the most third down conversions in a vacuum, the only game they lost in those top seven games, the Kansas City Chiefs. They only forced the Chiefs to face 10 for third downs. Every other game, all the other six, 14 or more. There you if go. the Bucs force the Carolina Panthers to extend drives, one last number for you, the Carolina Panthers, those three touchdowns they played where they scored against the Buccaneers, they faced one third down on all three of those drives combined. Dang. There's the numbers right there. I, <laughs> I, it is, you'd simply say like, after all of that, it's going to come down to third down, certainly. Yeah. And the Panthers last week found themselves really not facing that many because they were just gashing the Lions from literally the opening play. Mm -hmm. And if they're able to reel off five, six yards, I mean, that's not going to be five yards or six yards attempt probably, but they're able to reel off four or five yards in attempt and get to third and two, third and three. That's exactly what they want. Cause you're going to ask Sam Darnold maybe to hand it off or do a little bootleg underneath to a tight end. And that's where they can have success. But certainly that just comes down to can the Tampa Bay Buccaneers stop the run game. Cause they can stop the run game and force Carolina into those third and longs. We've seen over the course of the season, that they don't have success in that. Even when Sam Brown has been playing, they still don't have that much success in third and long. And I believe Denver is now worse in third down uh, conversion percentage. The Panthers were the worst all off, all season long offensively. I can't imagine that they've gotten into the 20s at this point in time just based off of how big of a hole they dug themselves in. So, yeah, I agree. Third down is going to be a big area of concern. But Carolina – just got to go out there. I mean, I'm not worried about the Bucs running the football. They're going to be a team that's going to throw it, and that's where their advantage is offensively against this Panthers defense. The Panthers are going to have to be able to try and get any sort of pressure on Tom Brady if possible, as we've seen. That's typically the way to beat him. But really, they've got to be yeah. able to control the clock, run the football well, and then pick their spots with Sam Darnold to hit DJ Moore or Terrace Marshall or any of these other receivers and try and make some of those downfield plays, which have been out there available because they've been so successful on the ground three of the four last three out of the last four weeks. Yeah, absolutely. So we will we will see what happens. A lot of numbers that, like I said, that we just dropped on on yeah. you guys. But they look they correlate they match up. They meet that you know what I mean. Like I flipped them each way I could to see if I could shake loose a lie, and uh, I just kept finding more truth. It was actually it was, it was, it was actually a lot of fun to chase that number thread. I love it that I did uh, there. So that's going to lead to more numbers. We're going to make predictions here coming up and, and tell you who's going to win this game. But first, we're going to talk to you about our friends over at betonline.net because they're your number one source for sports betting, info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional sport and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which you probably do because you're listening to this, you can find those over at BetOnline as well. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting fix unless you are an NFL coach or player. Don't do it. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline where 
the game starts. And then we've got a message for you from NHTSA. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? A lot of people don't for some reason, but driving under the influence. If you're under the influence, it's you're driving under the influence. It doesn't matter what the influence is. That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even if that state has marijuana legalized for recreational use. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, everyone can tell. I don't like that they say even your parents can tell, like parents weren't young once. Like I tell my children, I wasn't born boring. You made me boring. But it's not like I forgot what it's not like to be anyway. Anyone, everyone can tell if you're high. So what <laughs> makes you think that the law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different, and driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI paid for by NHTSA. Prediction time here on Crossover Thursday, Locked on Bucks, Locked on Panthers. Uh, Julian, I don't know about you. Look, I, I don't know about the high thing, but like drinking and driving, like when I drink, it's cause I want to chill. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying yeah. to drink and then go drag race people on the streets. I don't know. I don't understand what people are doing here, but you know, uh, guys just be smart out there. This is not the time of year. You want to hear news stories about somebody killing themselves or killing other people or even damaging or seriously hurting other people. Um, the only thing Bucks fans, Panthers fans want to see significantly hurt are each other's playoff odds, right? Tampa Bay Buccaneers yes. favored by three points at home. Traditionally, the home team gets a three-point spot, which means the odds makers are basically saying this is kind of a push. Carolina Panthers, uh, can they do it? Can they get the upset? I don't know if you make predictions on the crossover, if you save them for your last episode of the week, but what do you have in the prediction box for us today? Yeah, I'm, it depends on the week and how I'm feeling. I don't typically like to do it because I don't want these uh, these vultures out here throwing it back in my face. <laughs> I had a guy <laughs> in the middle of the game last week being like, hey, man, keep picking against the Panthers. I'm like, dude, every time... I feel good about this team and pick them to win. They lose every right. time I'm like out on this team. They win. And the thing was last week, it wasn't like I didn't think the Panthers could beat Detroit. I certainly yeah. didn't see it like that, like 570 total yards with Sam Darnold, that quarterback. Now bearded Darnold's different, but Ben McAdoo as the OC and they had a franchise record. Detroit should be ashamed of themselves, man. Absolutely ashamed of themselves for giving up 320 on the ground. And that, that's what Carolina wants to do. But it's like one of those things where when you expect the most, you get the least. When you expect the least, you get the most. And I'm, I'm at the point where I'm expecting the most because I don't see that much that's changed with Tampa defensively to make yeah. me believe that they're going to stop the Panthers from pushing them around. And when you look at this team, they bounce back basically every week except for the one loss they had on overtime against Atlanta. They got crushed by the Bengals. When you look at where the yeah. Bengals are now, that is a team – that if they went out against the Bills on Monday night and then the Ravens, they're not just going to be division champs. They're going to be the top seed in the AFC. So there's really no shame when you look back at that performance. It's embarrassing, but there's really no shame considering the opponent. The Buccaneers aren't that team. And the Buccaneers yeah. are a team that have really just, I don't even know if you can say skated by, like they've limped to the finish line. And the Panthers cannot award a team that has no momentum, that has a bad offense, that really disappears for three quarters and all of a sudden decides, oh, crap. Let's try and win the game in the fourth quarter. That's a team they got to be able to take advantage of. Now, again, they've only won one time on the road. And mm -hmm. Buccaneers have championship uh, pedigree, which is not something you typically would say about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because it's the Buccaneers with Tom Brady, 
with, I mean, even Todd Bowles as defensive coordinator back on the Super Bowl teams and Mike Evans, some of these other guys that are on that roster now, you have to look at the Buccaneers as a team that certainly should not be taken lightly and a team that absolutely can beat you and they're at home. So I feel like Carolina can win this football game. I, I do think it's a toss up. I would, I feel good about the Panthers chances of winning this game on Sunday afternoon. I'm just not there to the point where I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, they're going to win. But I also have been saying to people, though, they would definitely win this game and then find a way to break our hearts by losing week eight or week 18 at New Orleans and then allow Tampa right back in it to win it. So <laughs> I, I do see Carolina having the advantage in terms of just I think they can control the clock. I think they can run the football in Tampa Bay. It's just can that defensive secondary hold up? Can Brian Burns find a way to get home? Mm. Can Derek Brown have an impact in the game? Same thing with Frankie Louvu. Like they started to get after the passer outside of just Brian Burns the last couple of weeks. Can they do that in this game to get Tom Brady off platform and to cause some issues? Cause they can't, I have a really tough time seeing those corners be able to stop Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, and of course, Mike Evans, and even that tight end core of Tampa Bay on Sunday afternoon. So control the clock through that, but you really have to find a way to not allow those guys to be allow the defense of secondary to get picked apart by Brady. Yeah, absolutely. Um, real quick on YouTube, apologize. I don't know what is happening. My camera is fine. I don't know. I don't, I have a message here on, on streamer. It says, it looks like your camera's unplugged. It absolutely was not unplugged. So I don't know what's happening. Well, well I just kept going too, man. Cause I saw yeah. it. I was like, you know what? We're just going to keep going in case he figures it out. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's happening, and other than stopping and restarting, which we're not going to do, I don't know how to fix it. So, sorry, for, it's the last. At least it's the last segment, right? You got most right, of the way right. through. Um, everything you said, I 100% agree with. Here's my thing about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everything in me honestly wants to predict the Panthers to win this game because just the way the season is going, the way both these teams are going right now, it just feels like a game that the Carolina Panthers will win. But I think the theme of this season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as we get to the end of the regular season, is. This is a team that breaks your heart, but leaves just enough for you to keep hanging on. And we talked about history a little bit. Tom Brady retires, but you know what? He never submitted the paperwork. He was still doing interviews. He was still around with the Glazers, left just enough for you to hang on, and then he comes back. Bruce Arians retires, and it's, oh, no, now the entire thing is going to shift. What's going on here? But they bring in Todd Bowles. Okay, continuity. All the other coaches stay, so there's not this drastic shift. Just enough. To hang on ryan jensen gets injured but then we go through training camp in the preseason the offensive line actually doesn't look all that bad uh luke Gedeke, the 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 rookie actually looked pretty good early on just enough to keep you hanging on that's it's just kind of been that thread yeah the buccaneers have a losing record but they also swept the saints mike evans and tom brady have looked out of sync and the offenses looked anemic at times but mike evans still about to extend his own record so again every disappointment still leaves you a little bit hanging on and i think the tampa bay buccaneers despite the fact that's going to take this long and teams are kind of like, you know, if they make the postseason, they're one and done. I promise you, I have a comment on the YouTube channel right now that says doesn't matter if they make the wild card, they're going to be one and done. The Buccaneers do enough just to keep you hanging on. That scenario here is you beat the Carolina Panthers, because if you don't beat the Carolina Panthers next week, you win. Sure. But like you just said, you need help. And uh, that's that's not going to do it. So I think disappointment all around. It's going to be a close game. I'm giving the Bucks the three points. Carolina, I'm giving them the 21 they scored the last time. Buccaneers 24-21. Again, not a dominant win, not a dominant way to win the division, but just enough to keep you hanging on as NFC South division champions. Julian, that's the way that I see this thing unfolding. Okay. We'll see if I am uh, correct. But uh, I'm just yeah. happy, considering how bad this division has been, I'm just happy that we actually have a game of actual consequence that 
could go either way come Sunday afternoon in week 17. And even going to next week, if Carolina wins, Tampa at Atlanta is still going to be a big game. New Orleans, if they are somehow able to beat Philadelphia, we'll see what's going on with Jalen Hurts, whether he plays or not. Gardner Minshew looked pretty good last Sunday, too. They could come down to where New Orleans is also still in it in week 18. So I'm just happy that there's a game of consequence, especially for the Panthers. I certainly would love to not have to come up here next week and talk about a game that does not matter other than, <laughs> hey, lose so your draft position is secure. Right. Don't want to have uh, five days of that. But uh, yeah. certainly excited that the Panthers actually have a game of consequence where if you lose, it's over as far as your playoff dreams in January. And if you win, you got one more week to find a way to get to the playoffs and be division champions since 2015. So, yeah, I would expect to be a four-quarter game. Would not shock me. In the least, if Tampa Bay is able to go out there and pull it out in the end after looking terrible. Also, it wouldn't surprise me if Carolina runs wild on them and somehow beats the Bucks again by double digits. Because that's just how mm. these two teams have trended over the last month of the season. But I think uh, and hope that it will be a good game that everyone can enjoy, uh, win or lose through those 60 minutes. Yeah. Maybe even more, depending on how things play out. Hopefully, but hey, look, why not? Why not finally sweep the Saints and then get swept by the Panthers? Why that'd just be yeah, the right? most Buccaneers. Thing to do so quickly recapping this crossover episode julian for the buccaneers the biggest story is whether or not they can finally put a full game together literally i mean for the first time this season it would be the, a full game together and win the division title what's the biggest story for the carolina panthers yeah things just get crazier never a slow news day here in charlotte josh norman's back he's gonna try and do something to help out this uh banged up cornerback room in the secondary that certainly is gonna have to play it's it's best if they can be able to beat Tampa Bay because of the injuries that they've suffered over the last couple of weeks, Dante Jackson out for the rest of the season. And then Jason Warren potentially at least out this week, but maybe out for the rest of the season, depending on how uh, Carolina progresses. And if he's able to come back injury wise, but it's been a wild year for Carolina with Matt rule, getting fired Baker coming here. Then now with the Rams and actually not playing too bad for Sean McVay in that offense yeah. and Sam Darnold now uh, being one of the better quarterbacks over the last four weeks since he's taken over as a starter, it's just, uh, it's never boring here in Carolina. They might not be the best team, but they're certainly not boring. And yeah, for, for me, having to do this show solo every day of the week, uh, I, I like that. So thank you at least for not being boring. <laughs> like if you're going to be bad, be entertaining bad. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to be good, be entertaining as well, but never be boring. So yeah, it'll be interesting absolutely. to see what happens on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of Bucks fans are going to disagree with me. I want to see Brian Burns and JC Horn playing playoff football. Uh, maybe just not this season. And in order for the Buccaneers to prevent that, Mike Evans against that Panthers defense banged up, like you just said, uh, they're going to need to take advantage of that matchup and that third down defense against the Panthers offense, all those numbers I dropped earlier, which if you can't remember them all, that's fine because we have a rewind button. So you have the benefit of technology to listen to them as many times as you want to, uh, Julian. Then what's the uh, what's what's the key matchup for the Panthers? And then finally, uh, how do you see this thing wrapping up? Yeah, key matchup's going to come down to the secondary. Can those guys like C.J. Henderson and uh, T.J. Carey, Josh Norman, of course, and um, Keith Taylor, can they defend Mike Evans? Can they defend Chris Godwin and those Tampa Bay receivers? Can they get pressure also on Tom Brady? And can the Panthers run the damn ball and control the line of scrimmage like they have done through the last four weeks? If they do that, it should be uh, a win for Carolina on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Could be a win for Carolina. Could be a win for the Buccaneers. You've got Carolina. I've got the Bucks. Anything could happen. Everything could happen. Uh, unfortunately, that is the crossover Thursday episode that just happened. And I think a lot, look, a lot of good stuff, a lot of entertaining storylines going on. Hopefully everybody out there enjoys this game this weekend. We thank all of you for sticking with us. Locked on Buccaneers, locked on Panthers. 
Uh, for your first listen of the day, for your second listen again, Locked On Sports Today, the biggest stories, the biggest gains go behind the scenes with local experts and insight only Locked On can provide. This Locked On Sports Today available here on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. For Julian Council, host of Locked On Panthers, I am David Harrison, host one of the hosts of Locked On Bucks. Make sure you come back as we wrap up the week before this game on both shows. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another. Enjoy the game this weekend. If you see us around, make sure you say hi. I'm just going to speak with Julian. I don't know if he actually wants you to do that, but go ahead and do it for me anyway. And thank you for joining go us ahead, on this hello. crossover Thursday episode on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 